Hello friends, and welcome back to Mixology, the podcast where we discuss, discover and dissect mono and stereo differences on classic albums from the 60s. And today, we're starting the year off proper with a look at the only Sid Barrett-led Pink Floyd album, released in 1967, it's of course Piper at the Gates of Dawn. Now this is one I've had requested numerous times over the years, and as a couple of my patrons have severely requested it recently, I've of course decided to kick the year off with it, as it feels like a natural deep dig to go for that first album of the year to take us off with a bang and even better is that the album has never been fully remixed giving us a mono and stereo mix to look at and that's about it which is quite pleasant for me especially given the amount of differences inherent in these mixes anyway of course the album was originally released on the 5th of august 1967 on columbia in the uk and that is the version we'll be looking at today, not the slightly altered American track listing, which removed a couple of tracks and added C. Emily Play. I would choose to look at that this weekend on Mixology on 45, but as the track has never been issued in stereo, there's very little point in doing so. Before we dig in though, I of course do want to give a huge shout out to my patrons, as they have chosen this episode, as I already said, and of course their support helps keep the show going and it really does mean the world and if you too want to support the show you can do so by heading over to patreon.com forward slash back to mono and of course i'll stick a link to that down in the show notes below and of course there's much more content including mixology content hidden over there so go and check that out if you so desire but with all that out of the way let's kick into the album today with track one astrological diamine i think is how you pronounce it i'm not too sure to be honest now right off the bat the intro loop of radio noise is longer in mono prior to the morse code entering and when one lines say the morse code sections up between two mixes the radio noise itself does not align as well meaning that it's synced up at a slightly different moment it also has been treated with stereo echo in said mix but is dry in mono the same appears to apply to the instrumentation, though this may also be due to the mic spill being more evident in stereo, though this as an echo trait does permeate throughout the entire album. Either way, it causes the mono to come across as more upfront, while the stereo puts you into the space. We'll hear the whole intro in mono first, and then again in stereo. And again in stereo. Once the vocals enter in, the two tracks appear more evenly balanced in mono, with the vocals centrally panned in stereo, 
having a small additional short echo applied in the mono mix, evident on the clicks in the enunciation. We'll hear the first few lines in stereo first, and then again in mono. And again in mono. There's a high sound, I think it's a vocal, in the left hand channel from about 1 minute 19 that appears to be dry in stereo while it has a ghostly echo applied to it in mono. We'll start in the stereo and then move into mono. into the break has an extra high-pitched noise atop it in mono, while in stereo this noise is absent. Then, following this, the wind sounding echo in the left channel is treated again to additional echo in mono and also appears to fade up a little sooner in stereo. We'll play the entire break with this in mind, first in stereo and then again in mono. Again in mono. At two minutes forty, the radio speech cuts in again in stereo, while it fades up a little more restrained in mono, being more audible a few seconds later. Of course, we'll hear the section stereo first, and then again in mono.
outro, where a lot of the aforementioned parts retain their differences in echo, the vocal balance again differs, with the lower vocal being brought up in mono, most evident from 3 minutes 20 onwards, and especially after the large hiss. We'll hear a section stereo first, and then again in mono. <laughs> And again in mono. Now, compared to track one, our ode to a cat, track two, Loose for Sam, has substantially less differences, but differences nonetheless. Immediately during the intro, there is additional clapping slash studio noise in mono only. It also leads into the organ, which is mixed higher in stereo. We'll hear this in stereo first, and then again in mono. And again in mono. Again, there appears to be a short echo added to the mono. So we'll start with stereo and move to mono. And again, in mono. We get a longer fade in mono, so we'll start with the stereo. Mono. As we move along to track three, Matilda Mother, the lead vocal is treated with a slightly longer slap echo in mono. While in stereo, this is an added echo across the stereo field, giving it a less upfront feel. We'll start with the mono and move into stereo. There was a king who ruled the land. His majesty was in command. Into stereo. The eyes, the scarlet The high vocal that enters in during the section from 36 seconds onwards is mixed very differently, with the stereo leaving it drying up front in the left hand channel, while the mono treats it to a heavy echo and keeps it low in the mix, inaudibly initially, until it fades up somewhat. We'll start in the stereo, and then again in mono. Only have to read the lines of black and everything shines. And again, 
in It's worth noting here that the edit in the middle of the track is just as horrendous in both mixes, so don't go seeking out the other mix if you're listening to one of them to improve this. Of course, we don't need to highlight that here, but I just wanted to mention it. What I do want to highlight, though, is the longer fade in stereo, so naturally, we'll start with the mono. <laughs> We do have a 2010 remix of this track, which moves the main band and vocal centrally and splits out some guitar and organ and does away with the edit in the middle and extends the fade. As this feels like such a different beast, we won't directly compare, but here's a sample for reference. Moving along to flaming, during the intro, the percussive clicking is more audible in stereo in the right channel, likely due to the wind sounds being panned left. We'll fire up the stereo and move to the mono. Into mono. Now Sid's vocals have a heavy flange applied to them in mono, as well as one applied to the backing track, which gets somewhat lost in the mix in stereo. We'll start in mono and move into the stereo. Stereo. Blazing in the foggy view. Sitting on a unicorn. No fear, you can't hear me, but I can you. At 50 seconds, the organ hangs in the track longer in stereo before the bells enter in at differing volumes. Here, the mono has a slightly chaotic piano briefly enter, while the stereo lacks this and instead a random ah vocal that floats in. Mono first, and then again in stereo. Stereo. But I can you. Watching buttercups come the light. Sleeping on a dandelion. Too much, I won't touch you, but then. 
During the break, there's a heavier use of echo and elements in mono, giving the drums and organ a more abandoned factory feel, while the stereo just sits there. We'll start with the stereo and move to the mono. is a little longer in mono, with more of a slide down the keys audible. We'll play both here, hearing it in stereo first, and then the hair longer mono. And again, in mono. We move along now to Pow R Tok Huh. I'm sure there's a proper way to pronounce that. Now the vocals have a tape echo applied in mono with a longish tail, while the stereo keeps these hard panned and seemingly dry. We'll move from the stereo into the mono. <laughs> into mono. <laughs> At 44 we get a loud crash, and the mono has the full effect of the kick and the crash while the stereo fades in somewhat. To top it off, the mono has many voices enter quickly afterwards that are absent in stereo. Thus, we'll hear it first in mono, and then again in stereo. <laughs> Again, in stereo. After this, the cymbal slowly gets lost in mono and level, compression and distortion, but it is taken out by 2 minutes 20. We'll hear this chunk in stereo first with it loud and clear in the right, and then again in mono. Again, in mono.
alive, the voices re-enter in mono only, while the stereo drops them in from 256. However, the stereo fades these back out at 3 minutes and 6 seconds, while the mono persists in the crazy until 3 minutes 17. Of course we'll hear all of this, first in mono, and then again in stereo. Regardless of this, at 3 minutes 28, the mono drops the voices in again for the first bomb-ch-ch, while the stereo has these enter on the repeat at 3 minutes 43. However, at this first point, they can be heard low in the right channel. We'll hear the first two in mono first, and then again in stereo. the stereo has the voices while the mono mutes them. The best example is from 4 minutes 14, so mono first and then again in stereo. And again in stereo. Closing outside one is take up thy stethoscope and walk, and right off the bat it's clear the stereo has additional echo added to the main track, as the drums and the rest of the track are comparatively bone dry in mono. We'll hear the drum intro in mono, and then again in stereo. Doctor, doctor. And again in stereo. As for the main body, the same difference with the echo continues in stereo, and the Doctor Doctor backing vocals, which are split in stereo, are lower in the mix. Naturally, we'll start with the mono. Into stereo. Under it, gold is it, Jesus bled, 
46 seconds, there is a rather loud laugh in mono, which is pretty distant in stereo. I'm assuming this is on the same track as the Doctor Doctor backing vocals, so stereo first, and then mono. <laughs> And again, in mono. <laughs> At the very end of the track, the final held note is treated to a larger echo in mono, followed by a longer and differing decay of the echo track for the tail. Stereo first, then mono. <laughs> And again, in mono. Flipping the LP over, we get the rather lengthy and classic interstellar overdrive. And right off the bat, the organ kicks in in mono, while being absent in stereo, and it's a very dramatic difference. We'll hear that first in stereo, and then again in mono. And again, in mono. seconds just as the drums enter there's a sliding laser type sound in mono that continues from there but in stereo just get the drums entering these are also seemingly treated to additional echo in mono so we'll hear this transition first in stereo and then again in mono <laughs> Again, in mono. At 2 minutes 17, there's an additional volume swell in mono, which may be an additional guitar overdub or some tactical fader play. The break that immediately follows this highlights the additional echo used in the mono mix as well, with what sounds like a windstorm pulsating in the background while the stereo continues on like normal. We'll hear this in stereo first, and then again in mono. And again, in mono.
I'll highlight how this continues on at 3 minutes 10, when the distorted guitar enters with a wildly different texture in mono. We'll hear it in stereo first again, and then again in mono. And again in mono. continue to differ as the mixes move along, as well as echo levels, but a key moment is at 4 minutes 45. The left channel has been consistently louder in stereo, but the little DDD is barely audible in mono. So we'll hear it first in stereo, and then again in mono. Again in mono. The noises in the right channel for around seven minutes are more audible in stereo than they are in mono, so naturally we'll hear them in stereo first and then again in mono. technically isn't a mix difference, the rapid panning at the end of the stereo clearly highlights a moment that the mono just beats it out with no contest. Let's hear that drop in, first in stereo and then again in mono, where in my opinion it just hits harder. Again in mono.
A simple little track is the gnome, but of course we do still get some differences. There is again additional echo in stereo in this mix, which we'll highlight with two moments. First, the percussion at the beginning, mono first and then into stereo. And again in stereo. At 37 seconds on, it looked quite good. The additional vocal echo is easily highlighted in stereo, so we'll hear it in stereo first, then again in mono. A blue-green hood, it looked quite good. He had the big adventure. And again in mono. He wore a scarlet tunic, a blue-green hood. It looked quite good. He had the big adventure. And finally, at 1 minute 15, the whispered look at the sky backing vocal is treated to far more echo in stereo, with a slight difference in balance between the two two, standing out more potentially in mono. Mono first, and then again in stereo. <laughs> Look at the sky, look at the river, isn't it good? Look at the sky. And again, in stereo. Look at the sky, look at the river, isn't it good? Look at the sky. Now the curiously named chapter 24 comes up next, and here the phase vocal is more effective in mono, with the split signal and stereo weakening the effect somewhat, and making the vocal too loud in my opinion. Of course, there is also an additional dusting of echo on the vocal in stereo. It's worth noting the mono does replicate this by the end of the track, meaning that it's clearly meant to be there, but as a more gradual build by comparison. We'll hear this at the start of the track, starting with the mono and moving into stereo. All movement is accomplished in six stages And the seventh brings return Into stereo. The seven is the number of the young At 1 minute 54, there's a moment of chatter in mono that is absent in stereo, so we'll hear it first in said mono, and then again in said stereo. And again in stereo. The feeding back effect in the solo is more egregious in stereo, especially from two minutes. We'll hear it in mono first, and then again in stereo. And again in stereo.
As for the fade, the effect loops are generally louder in mono, and the same mix also has a longer tail. We'll hear the whole thing from 3 minutes 20 in stereo first, and then again in mono. And again in mono. Second to last track is Scarecrow, the B-side of See Emily Play. And oh look, another dusting of vocal echo in stereo only. What a surprise. We'll start with the mono and move into stereo. The black and green scarecrow, as everyone knows, stood with a bird on his hat and straw everywhere he didn't go. He stood in a field where barley stereo. His head did no thinking, his arms didn't move, except when the wind cut up rough and mice ran around on the ground. He stood in a field where barley grows. As for the fades, the stereo ends just a hair later. The start much earlier, so we'll hear the whole thing in stereo first, and then again in mono. And again in mono. Closing out the album is the succinctly titled Bike. Now the delay between the vocal and its echo is much larger in stereo, giving it a bigger effect when folded down and compared with the mono, and also making me feel a little uneasy on headphones when not folded down I have to say. We'll start in mono and move to stereo. I've got a bike, you can ride it if you like it, got a basket, a bell that rings and things to make it look good. To stereo. I'd give it to if I could, but I borrowed it. And the chorus has a flanged vocal in mono only, and the big drums are also treated to additional flanging. The edits around these, too, are much less noticeable in mono. 
We'll play the whole thing in mono first, and then again in stereo. You're the kind of girl that fits in with my world. I'll give you anything, everything, if you want things. Again in stereo. You're the kind of girl that fits in with my world. I'll give you anything, everything, if you want things. Now the transition to part two comes a little earlier in mono after the decay, but one probably wouldn't notice such a thing without A being the two. Regardless, we'll hear the stereo first and then again in mono, and also notice how the explosion afterwards has additional stereo echo added in said mix. Again in mono. This final section then continues to be treated to a big stereo echo, with autopan also applied, although it appears to be a flanging effect somewhat in mono. We'll move from mono to stereo here so you can feel the difference. to stereo. And at the end, the laughing ducks, as we'll call them, a process in a similar way, but fade out sooner in stereo. We'll hear the whole section in mono first, and then again in stereo. And again, in stereo. And with that, we've come to the end of this rather grandiose look at this collection of 11 little ditties from the Pink Floyd. Now, as I've said, this sound has been requested very heavily and I really hope I've done it justice. 
I tried my best to go as in-depth as possible here without going far too overboard as one could really pick out every single second of interstellar overdrive for instance but ultimately there are differences that just persist through the tracks and because the way things are recorded they affect different things at different times and I just tried to highlight the key moments. Either way I must say once I got to the end of the album there's a few conclusions I wanted to make about both mixes. First of all, of the two, the stereo has a bit more of a live feel, kind of like you're in the studio with the band as they're playing through these songs. They've got some live effects on them, but ultimately it feels very in your face in a, like they're playing in your face way. The mono on the other hand is a much more psychedelic and impactful experience in my opinion, and certainly Interstellar Overdrive is just incomparable. The stereo is really clean and the guitar riff kind of sounds a bit better in a way but the mono is just just a mess but in the best possible way. I love the sound of it and overall the balance just between tracks is better in mono with the stereo sometimes being a bit imbalanced and also definitely less impactful which on now like this you need those moments of impact which otherwise leave it feeling a bit stilted because ultimately the effects and the concepts going on are really what hold the music up beyond just the basic songs themselves. Outside that though, there's not too much else to say on the album, so as always I'll give another big shout out to my patrons, as I said thank you so so much for your support, and if you too want to sign up, head on down to the description for patreon.com forward slash back to mono. Similarly, if you want to get in touch with the show, you can do so by emailing me at backtomonoradio at gmail.com or you can reach out to me on Instagram at hypnoticfred and I'm definitely up for lots of chit chats over there and hopefully there's some interesting content on my Instagram as well. But when all is said and done, I've of course got to say thank you so, so much for listening and remember, whoever you are and wherever you are, have a great day great day